I'm Chris Turner, and this is Tapestries Empowered to Connect podcast. Greetings, my friends, dear listeners. We are back with some original content after some time off. Many people have told us that they feel like we're living in their homes since we all bring a collective knowledge of what it's like to raise, foster, and adopted kids. And that's kind of what got in the way the past three weeks for us. Different issues arising in our families, trips, sicknesses, that sort of thing. So we ask for your compassion and acceptance of us not getting new content out for three weeks. But here we are, and joining me as always are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi, guys. Hey, hey Chris. Hi, Chris. I wanted to talk about bedtimes. That's ours or the children? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe both, but primarily I want to talk about bedtimes for our kids. Because I don't know what it's like in your house, but there are those nights when... Bedtime seems to drag on yes, forever. you just need them to go to bed. So let's talk about why is it such a fight at bedtime with our kids? Well, um, I, I love this topic because, um, because if we can talk about it, it somehow makes me feel better about bedtime. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, the struggle is real, my friends. Uh, Bettina Bryson, who is the uh, the co-author of The Whole Brain Child and um, No Drama Discipline with Dan Siegel, I remember her saying once that, you know, bed- bedtime is, is an interesting problem because um, the adults and the children have competing agendas. Right. And it's not just as simple as the kids just don't want to go to bed. Because I think sometimes we simplify it and go, why won't they just go to bed? Mm-hmm. Why won't they stay in their bed? Why are they being bratty? Why won't they go in their bed? And so there, there are a couple of things um, to consider about bedtime. So first of all, some of the stuff that Tina said. She said, look, um, at bedtime is one of the few times during the day that your children have your complete attention if you're participating in the, in the, in the bedtime mm-hmm. routine, as, as we do at our house. Um, and so there's... There's snuggles and there's stories and there's uh, helping them brush their teeth and you know sometimes you know, brushing of the hair type stuff. So there's, so there's all these things uh, connected stuff, and then we want it to end because we want the kids to go to bed so we can um, get on with the evening. And sometimes it's for noble pursuits like cleaning the kitchen or responding to emails. And sometimes it's just because we want to sit and watch television for a few minutes and hang out before we have to go to bed and start the routine all over again. Right. So we want it to end so we can get on with the things we want to do. They don't want it to end because they just want it to prolong forever. <laughs> so, so that's, so that's Tina's, something Tina said that I, that I really, really agree with a lot. There is a second thing um, that I heard, and I don't remember who said this, Sometimes bedtime is actually very traumatic for some of our children, particularly mm. those who have come to us from foster care, yeah. because a lot of times they were hurt in their bedrooms. Yeah. So yeah. If, if kids were sexually abused, a lot of time that, that was done in a bedroom. If kids were physically abused, a lot of time those beatings happened in the bedroom. So it's either, uh, you know, there's two things to consider. There's the, the kids just want the connection. We want it to stop. And there's also that the, the actual bedroom as a physical structure is, is traumatic for our kids. Mm. And also sometimes just the being separated from a caregiver mm. again. Yeah. 
you know, maybe we've made some ground with our kids because we have said we're always going to be there. We're always going to be there. But once you're out of sight, then they don't still don't trust us that we're going to come back Mm. and that we're going to be there for them. And so I think that separation can be really hard. And it's even a separation that's a little bit different from like the separation with like school or right. work stuff, right? Because they know you're still in the house. Right. Why you're you know, still why, close why, by. Why would you not be with me? Yeah. Right? And if they yeah. don't have siblings that they share a room with, if they have a room all by themselves, I mean, that could be kind of a scary thing. Like I'm in the room by myself in the dark and they, I mean, kids crave connection. Mm-hmm. They really do. Even those kids that push us away, they really want connection. Mm-hmm. And so I think at that bedtime, it can be really hard because now there's no connection. I mean, one of our kids literally wouldn't sleep in the same room with her sister who's nonverbal because she doesn't talk to me. We're like, but you're supposed to be sleeping. <laughs> you're, supposed to be sleeping. <laughs> you're not supposed to be, you're not supposed to be talking, but for her, she needed to be able to say something to her sister and get an answer and get a response. Yeah. <laughs> and there was no connection there. And so therefore I cannot sleep in the same room with her. I need to be with my other sisters. And we're like, okay. I mean, it's comical, but like, you know, it's true. She seeks connection and she doesn't, she doesn't talk for long, but they, we call it chitter chatter time and they want to have a few minutes. Can we have a few minutes of chitter chatter time? And they will, they'll sit and talk for a few minutes and then chitter chatter time's over. So, um, the Gettys who are the modern hymn writers, Mm. um, they, they, uh, performed at CAFO this year in Nashville. And so between songs, um, Kristen, who's who's the the main vocalist, Kristen Getty, she she would you know as vocalists do, will will interact with the crowd verbally a little bit, and she said there's something that 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 is so simple, and you feel like you you've known it intuitively, but, but until somebody said it, it never occurred to you. It was right. one of those. She said the reason we're scared of the dark is because we were made for the light. Yeah. And I think that the children are afraid of the dark, and our kids like, but I, I'm scared, and they and our kids know. That if that if w- they tell us that they're scared, mm-hmm. um, we won't just say, "Okay, you need to go back to bed." So our four-year-old say, "But I'm gonna be scared." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honey, if you've decided you're gonna be scared, I know how this ends. <laughs> because I used to be that clever, clever dad. Because every episode, I feel like I have like a c- true confessions <laughs> moment here with everybody. <laughs> I remember one time, um, Brooklyn, who'll be nine this month. Um, I think she was about three years old. And she came and knocked on our bedroom door at like 2.30 in the morning. And I opened it. And she said, I said, what's the matter? And she said, I'm scared. And I said, you're not scared. Go back to bed. (laughs) (laughs) And I said to Kayla the next morning, yes, I'm the genius father who told his little baby girl who said she was scared. You're not scared. (laughs) Go to bed. Uh, I, I have a feeling you're not alone in that response. Yes, I I feel like lots of people are like, ah, me too. Um. But but bedtime is always always is always going to be a problem, and 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 we may never actually know the reasons. Um, we may never know if it's something as innocent as sweet as we just want more of mom and dad, and and sometimes we may not know if it's because they're scared of being in that room because it reminds them of something bad that happened to them. But but this is one of those things that I that I almost feel like knowing the, the cause of the problem mm-hmm. isn't actually that important. Right. It is important. And I think that to find the solution, you always have to, you have to find the cause of the problem. But when it comes to bedtime, I'm not sure that, that it's, it's as hyper important as I deem it in other situations, because what we need to do is we need to find a way to make bedtime peaceful because we know one thing to be true. Our kids need sleep. Mm. Yes. That's it. 
It's it's not it's and not a lot of it and a lot of it and it's yeah. not because we're bad people and we don't want them sitting on the couch by by us. You know, there are many weekends where we just you know forget bedtime and throw a movie on right at their bedtime and they sit on the couch with us or they fall asleep in our laps or whatever. You know, we used to go to baseball games and check out in the seventh inning. We had a baseball game recently and stayed for all ten. That's right. It went in extra extra innings. (laughs) And so by the time we got home, it was like 11.30. And it's summertime and stuff like that. And so we obviously we violate violate the predictability every now and then because the kids just enjoy it. But but at the heart of the matter, you know, we could talk about some of the things that we do in our homes, the the three of us, to help with bedtime. Because I think that, again, I just want to say that for me... I know the kids don't want to go to bed. Mm. Tying myself up in knots as to why the kids don't want to go to bed is actually not helpful in getting the kids to bed. Right. And I think what you just said about predictability, that kind of segues nicely into, well, how do we make bedtime, as Ryan said, a little more peaceful? Yeah. And so, Kayla. Yeah, I think the best thing is to kind of come up with those routines and those rituals that um, help us to be able to make it predictable for our kids and give them the connection that they're seeking. And I think, I think the best difference between a routine and a ritual is a routine is kind of an order of events. It's Mm -hmm. kind of the way things go. So after dinner, we take a bath and then after our bath, we brush our teeth and put our jammies on and you know, whatever, whatever your routine is, it's kind of the, the way things go in your house. Mm -hmm. Whereas a ritual might be something that's more of a connecting exercise. Mm. Like maybe we snuggle for five minutes or we um, sing a song together or maybe we pray as a family or those kinds of things that are more connected in nature um, that don't necessarily have to happen at a certain time. Maybe they do happen at a certain time, Mm. but those are more rituals in their nature or things that, that make us a little more connected. So I think the routines are super important because our kids thrive on that structure that a routine provides. Mm -hmm. But a ritual is just as important because it's almost like the routine is the structure and the ritual is the nurture that you're adding to that that. structure. I I like that a lot. And you get your balance from both of them. Yeah, exactly. And here's the other thing about why predictability is so important for a lot of our kids because I don't want to say all, but for a lot of them, um, they come from chaos and you know it's the, it's the rut in the brain thing. It's why it's why the absolute worst thing um, that we can do to our children at our house is to take them to a place like Chuck E. Cheese mm. because it's designed for fun, but it's a sensory overload experience, and it's just chaotic. There's people running around. It's loud and stuff. I remember the last birthday party we took our kids to. Um, our son was probably six or seven at the time, um, and I remember just sitting and kind of trying to have like a point where I could keep up with it with, with several of them at the same time um, visually. And uh, I looked over and he was sitting and he had his hands cupped over his ears. His eyes were open wide and he was just rocking back and forth trying to soothe himself because what was designed as fun, a Chuck E. Cheese, he was just processing as chaos and was just freaking him out. And so that's why we like the predictability of the routine because chaos is not good, right? We, we had a family uh, once tell us that they were having a lot of behavior problems and we asked them, well, well, tell us about the routine in your house. And the mom said, well, we don't really have a routine. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, sometimes we eat dinner at five, sometimes we eat dinner at nine and everything in between. Mm. 
and we're like, you might want to, you know, you might want to look into that. that yeah. yeah. And she said, well, I'm, I'm a high nurture person, not a high structure person. And mm. I'm like, that's when it occurred to me that nurture was not the opposite of structure. Mm. Chaos was the opposite of structure. Right. Right. Uh, emotional distance is the opposite of nurture. Mm. Maybe you guys can help me out with a bit with a better word than that. But no, you know what I'm saying? I think it's a good word. Yeah, yeah. No, I think so too. So I think that the part of that soothing thing, you know, one of the things we do at our house too is that all the screens go off in our house, whether that's your phone if you're a teenager, uh, whether that's the television or some kind of tablet device. Uh, a minimum of thirty minutes before bedtime. Yeah. So, um, so we get. The the brain can calm down. Yeah, the yeah. brain can calm down. Um, and then I don't know you want to talk through some of the like the routines we have at our house here. And yeah, I think um, I think being flexible in our routine has been really good for us because not every night of the week looks the same. You know, especially during the school year, the summertime is a little bit more relaxed. We were just noticing we're like, oh wow, we've all eaten dinner at the <laughs> table <same> <laughs> at home for like three nights in a row, right? <laughs> Yeah, and so, but I think during the school year, you find, well, this one kid's got this activity that lasts until 7.30, and those other kids have activities that last the next night till 6. And so sometimes you have to be flexible within your routine. Mm. But for us, we kind of start our nighttime routine around 5 o'clock. And at 5 o'clock, everybody um, stops what they're doing, and they get their nighttime chores done. So Mm. we have those kind of um, structured different areas of the house we call them zones and each kid's responsible for a different zone or group of kids or whatever and then from there we're prepping dinner we have dinner we have bath time we have um before bath before bedtime we try and have a little bit of story time so we i've been reading um just in the last couple of months we've started reading some chapter books as read alouds it's something i've always wanted to do and Mm. have been really bad about doing Mm. And so, but now all the kids are, are old enough to really sit through a chapter book. Right. And so we sit and we, we finished the Chronicles of, um, not all of the Chronicles. We did the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe um, recently, and they all really liked that. And so it was a good kind of segue into, okay, now after we're done with that, we go brush teeth and we um, get into bed. And so it's been a really good... I would say the last few months we've gotten into an even better routine because anytime somebody says, you know, my kids don't sleep help. I kind of go, my kids don't sleep either. Help. I mean, (laughs) I'm sorry. You wanted my help, but I mean, I think we go through seasons. I feel like we've had, you know, times where everybody slept really well and times where our routines worked really well. So I think, you know, if you're struggling with bedtime, it's not to say that, you don't have a good routine. You might have a good routine, and it's just one of those seasons. Um, I, th- I think the other thing to to remember, though, and we tell people this a lot, is you need to be the world's leading expert in your child. Right. And so what we've come to understand over the years is that some of our children just sleep less than others. Mm. And you have to and you have to come to terms with that um, because otherwise you're going to get into control st- uh, a power struggle, excuse mm-hmm. me, because you're, you're, let's all, let's remind everybody the three power struggles that your children will engage in: meal time, bedtime, potty training. Yeah, I cannot make a child eat that doesn't want to eat. I, I cannot be a reasonable, decent parent <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and make a child eat who doesn't want to eat. I cannot make a child pee who doesn't want to pee, and I cannot make a child sleep who does not want to sleep. And um, you know. One of my favorite Darren Jones quotes is, I'm not going to fight for two hours over six minutes, 
right? So we use compromises a lot. Um, the kids have those Amazon, those Echo Dots in their bedroom. Mm-hmm. And so Kayla said earlier, they want some chitter chatter time. Great. Set a timer for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And they do. And then again, we've moved it from a struggle between mom and dad and the children to the the electronic device just told you it was bedtime. <laughs> right. yeah. It's Alexa's fault that you have to go to bed. That's now. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so so you said earlier that you know we'd had some stuff going on, uh, as why we had 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 new content in a few weeks. One of our one of our kids was was hospitalized uh, uh, for a few days recently. And so Kayla was staying at the hospital with her, and then um, I would go down as much as I could either during the day or or at night. Well, it happened to be at night that I went down there, and my mom was over here with the kids, and um, they we called and FaceTimed from the hospital room, and uh, we're like, okay, we'll just say goodnight because it was bedtime. And our four-year-old said, yeah, but can we stay up late? And Kayla said, oh, well, you're going to have to take that up with your grandmother she, she's at home with you, you can ask her for a compromise. And so uh, our four-year-old said, uh, can I have a compromise? And my mom said, well, what do you want? And she said, 10 minutes. And my mom said, okay. And then uh, when I got home, uh, I don't know, around midnight that night, I guess. But when I got home, my mom told me the story. And she said, uh, she asked for compromise. I said, how much? She said, 10 minutes. I said, okay. And my four-year-old marched over to the um, the Echo that's in our entryway at the house and said, Alexa, set timer for 10 minutes. And she did. And when the timer went off, she said, Alexa, stop. <laughs> and she just marched upstairs without my mother having to remind her. Right now, we that that's an amazing thing. We do this all the time. We make the device the, <laughs> the, the bad guy. <laughs> but every time they ask for a compromise, like they're watching a TV show and they want to compromise, we'll just go set the timer on the microwave. Yeah, it's the only thing we use our microwave for the timer. <laughs> I use uh, our oven timer just because it's got a it, it's a more unique uh, kind of ringing sound than the other stuff in the house. Yeah, because yeah, because you're not nagging them right. then. Or, it's the or it's look, that's what you asked for. Right. We agreed. You saw me set it. And it's amazing. How if you will just be consistent with these things, yeah. how the kids will learn. That's that's the routine, right? Or and everybody gets what they want. So the kids got the extra ten minutes, and you got them to go to bed without yes. a fight, without, without a, a fight. power struggle. Right. Yeah, and, and and parents love engaging in power struggles. We get we get emails all the time from parents who said, "How do I make my kid listen to me?" Well, you build the re- we work in the relationship with your child, and one of the positive externalities of having a good relationship with somebody is that all of a sudden a lot of the power struggles tend to just go away over time. Mm-hmm. And I know the people listening who do not believe what I just said, <laughs> but I promise you it will happen. I saw this happen in our own house in that kind of before I thought about it as a ritual, we had already developed a ritual in our house. Yeah. Starting with our oldest when we you know we didn't have you know, he was our birth kid. So of course, you know, the firstborn always gets doted on the most, you know, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. But I, I still started, have issues about that. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's a middle child for everyone who doesn't know. Um, <laughs> but one thing I started doing with him was that um, I'm, I'm kind of a night owl. Yep. And my wife's the early riser. So that worked really good when it came to feeding because I could go do that, that late night feeding and she would get you know the early one a few hours later. And it worked, it mm-hmm. worked really well for us. So I got to spend all that bedtime time with him. And so... Um, I started singing him songs. Nothing fancy, just, you know, well, the ABCs and Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, which sounds remarkably like the ABCs. Huh. And Same Jesus, tune. And Jesus Amazing. Loves Me. Um, 
and then uh, the VeggieTales song about the uh, on top of spaghetti, uh, you know, lost my poor meatball, right? Um, that was kind of like our thing. So, would you sing that for us one night? No, I won't. Um, <laughs> maybe on the outtakes episode that we're never going to air. Um, but uh, and when he got a little older, I taught him to say a little prayer just to kind of get him in that the mindset of of praying. Right? That's a good mm-hmm. time to kind of help teach your kids that if you're wanting to to do that. And so that just kind of continued with the other boys as they came into our house. And with our middle son, uh, he got to a point where he was having lots of issues with bedtime. And I realized one night it was because our older kid was requiring activities that required me to be away from the house later mm. when he's going to bed. Mm-hmm. He was missing his ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when I was able to... I would always make the point as soon as I walked in the door, I'd go straight to his straight room. to his room and try to engage him in with yeah. his ritual. Yeah, and he doesn't really need it so much anymore all the time. But every now and then he'll ask, you know, when when I'm getting him to bed, "Hey, Dad, can I have a song? Aww. Or can I have two songs?" Yeah. And you're like, "Oh, you just kill me right now, right? <laughs> Your heart just melts, right? Of course, of course, you can have a song. You can have three songs, as many songs as you want, died, right?" <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you know, like like you were saying earlier, Kayla, there are seasons, yeah. right? There's sometimes he doesn't need right that that ritual anymore. He'll right. just he'll go to bed, and there are other times that he he does need it. So we just need to be a little flexible in how we're managing those. May, may I add one more thing? Sure. Um, another thing that I think is really important: routines, rituals, like we've discussed tonight. But sometimes we forget when we get wrapped up in, in those as sort of the pathway to peaceful bedtime that sometimes we could we could practice outside the moment. Mm. And so um, when our four-year-old was about two, she was really, really difficult at bedtime. I mean, it was like no-go. And so we were teaching class on Thursday nights uh, that year, and uh, we had a babysitter. And we got home. And um, we have six kids, and you know, like most parents, I feel my kids are pretty well behaved, and I feel like over the years, as we've connected more and established some trust with them, their behavior, you know, they they have their moments, but overall, I think they're pretty good kids. Mm. Um, and I'm not just saying that because they're my kids; I really think that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we, but but if you're not used to having six kids, being responsible for six kids. Um, just the sheer numbers make them like an overwhelming invading force, right? And so for sure, we have this babysitter. Um, to be fair to her, um, it was the younger sister of, of the babysitter, and the, the, the babysitter couldn't make it that li- that night, so she sent her teenage sister. And uh, when we got home, all the, every light in the house was on. <laughs> there were no cushions on the couch. <laughs> the, the kitchen had looked like it had been cleaned in a week and she was <laughs> still upstairs and all the children were still awake and so and we probably got home like 10 o'clock at night and the kids yeah. bedtime back then was like probably eight probably so yeah and so we're like what's going on and she's like i just couldn't handle them and leaves she's like they just keep coming downstairs <laughs> and and so um, and so to be fair to her and she she gets to be sort of the court jester in the story but to be fair to her um she wasn't equipped for this. Right. And so so the next day, our son, um, our oldest son said, yeah, during dinner time, she just went and locked herself in the pantry. 
And she said, and everybody else is like coming and like knocking on the door and asking her to come out. And she yelled, I need a minute, leave me alone. <laughs> so the next, so, so Kayla gets connected with a young woman who, um, who was at TCU in their developmental trauma program. And and she was going to babysit. She ended up working at, at, at a residential treatment center, but she but but she's like one of those people who didn't just learn the material, but really had a giftedness for it. Mm. I, I think like she's just so good with kids. Yeah. And so um, we get home, and so she she babysits the next week, and we get home. Um, the kitchen's clean. The house is straightened. All the children are asleep, <laughs> and she is sitting on the couch with one lamp on, reading a book. <laughs> Can you babysit all the time for us? Exactly. <laughs> she, she, she did until she moved home to Colorado. Yes. Um, uh, her name's Emma Vatsas. Her, her dad, Mark Vatsas, kind of runs the Parenting with Connection group on Facebook. Um, so they're, they're all into connected parenting. Uh, and, and Emma uh, graduated from the developmental trauma program. She has a master's in that from the institute up there at TCU. So we asked her, what was the secret to your success? <laughs> and she said, Oh, about an hour before bedtime, we practice going to bed. Nice. Uh, we just like, okay, it's time to practice going to bed. And we practice going to bed. And then we did it again. And then when bedtime came, everybody went to bed. <laughs> and we hit ourselves in the head and went, duh. We know this stuff. Right, right. Why had it never we occurred to us to practice outside, outside the, the moment? moment. Right. Yeah, with bedtime. It just, it was one of those moments where we were like, we have been fighting with this kid for like, her whole life, pretty much. She oh, had she been screamed just... screamed and screamed. Oh, she, she was terrible about time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Emma Emma kind of just reminded us of something that we already knew. And I mm. think that's that's something... Sometimes what happens is we, we have heard a lot of these things and then we get a little overwhelmed in the moment with this one thing that we're really struggling with. Mm. And we forget some of the tools that we have in our tool belt. And practicing outside of the moment is a great one mm. um, just for those those moments that are really hard and then also just kind of being that detective and figuring out what is it that's the real problem here we had one who absolutely refused to brush his teeth well when he came to us he had a mouthful of cavities probably had never brushed his teeth it for hurt. many years yeah. and it hurt yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and absolutely did not want to brush his teeth and so when we figured out that the reason he didn't want to brush his teeth was because it hurt then we could get a softer bristle we mm. could use some of those like you know those little finger toothbrushes like yeah. you use with little kids with little babies those little squeegee sounding yeah things. i mean you <laughs> could you we could we could slowly work it up and not just go sorry dude gotta brush your teeth yeah. that's why you have all these you know i mean we could be compassionate and go mm. this is really hurting him yeah. what can we do how can we help him can we get him i think we had some mouthwash for a while there that like turned the teeth different colors and then when you brushed it like you could brush all the color off off, and he thought that was really fun you know to be able to brush the color off his Mm -hmm. teeth um so just finding little things that you can kind of help and whatever the problem is um i think some of our kids struggle to fall asleep so we have found um we use this luna sleep kids supplement Mm. it's got some melatonin in it it's got some chamomile in it it's just like a natural I think it's for ages four and up, I think is what it is. You can. We get it on Amazon. We have like two a month, two bottles a month (laughs) that arrive at our house. And so we we use that and we really like it. At first I thought it was just kind of the placebo effect because I thought surely it's got like 0.2 milligrams of melatonin or something. That can't possibly be. Yeah, that can't possibly be it. But then... 
we like ran out and I was like, oh, you'll be fine, guys, you know, or I tried to give them something else or I'd be like here and I'd give them like a multivitamin and uh, no, they were up for hours. And so some of our kids don't need it, but some of our kids really need something to kind of help them calm down. Mm. Um, we've used um, Epsom salt and bath water. Mm. That's really helpful. And just, you know, we don't bathe our kids every night. I'm not sure if I should say that on here or not. But, you know, <laughs> you just did. I it's just a fact did. Of life. It's a fact. It's yeah. a fact. They don't bathe every night. Well, our teenagers do, but they're stinky. Um, <laughs> they and so they night. have to bathe every night. Yeah. Um, but if they're taking a bath, we can just throw in some Epsom salt or add a little um, essential oil to the Epsom salt. Mm. And just lavender some of those. Wash. Yeah. Okay. Lavender bath wash. Those kinds of things just to kind of help that routine become a little bit more of a calming and a soothing time mm-hmm. um, can For really us, frankincense and lavender and a diffuser works. Yeah. Really putting, our really yeah. Good, so, yeah. And just having just something like that. Yeah, there's, there's so many different ways that you can help your kids kind of calm down in those natural kind of ways that um, Turkey. I mean, if our kids Inevitably, it some of them. contains tryptophan. There you go. You like saying that word. I do. <laughs> but inevitably, somebody goes, I'm hungry, uh-huh. right? And we almost always have some turkey in our fridge. And we can say, you can have a slice of turkey. And that will help them not only fall asleep, but it will also help with, if they've, you're, I mean, they meeting, might, it might have been two or three hours since need, dinner. Right? Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm trying to think what are some other struggles that we sometimes have. At bedtime. I mean, there's always the kid that wants to come downstairs like 12 times. times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and I think just, just approaching it from a point of connection is, is key because Mm. we can get really frustrated, but in the long run, our goal is to connect with our kids and to build that relationship where they trust us. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had to sit with kids for an hour until they fall asleep because they just wanted to touch us until they fell asleep Mm -hmm. and they just kept opening their eyes just to make sure we were still there. Mm. We don't have to do that anymore. I was just thinking 10, 15 minutes, just like other things we've had to deal with with our kids. Yeah. You know, Oh my God, they're going to be asking for this all the time. And then sure enough, counterintuitively over time, they don't don't need it as much. It's the same thing with the rituals, right? Yep. It may seem like a heavy investment now. I'll have to do this every night to get them to go to sleep. But then over time, they, need they don't it less need and less. it as yeah, much. One of, one of our new r- rituals um, is guitar playing at bedtime. Um, the kids want to do that. And so our four-year-old has a little Disney guitar that looks like a ukulele. And our uh, eight-year-old daughter actually has like a half-scale guitar and she's learning how to play. Mm. And so uh, I'll sit and I'll just play play something for them. Kind of they like that. And then they'll want to play. And it's just like strumming thumping, untuned, open string chord <laughs> guitars <laughs> singing songs like Paradise City. But it's fun, and they love it. Um, and and I could be, okay, folks, that doesn't sound good. Mm-hmm. Or I could just embrace it, uh, which actually I had to get o- get over. That <laughs> not saying that doesn't sound very good. It just, <laughs> and it's fun, and they're happy, and then they, wa- then they want to go to bed. And sometimes I'll just sit on the floor, and, and one of the kids, in, you know, one of the, usually with the four-year-olds, and play guitar for them from just a little bit and just kind of just noodle a little bit and stuff. And they, they love it. And I get to sit and play my guitar, which I don't feel like I do enough. So it's like win-win. And yeah. I think that's a, that's a good point too, is that I don't play guitar. So if dad's not here, the guitar playing doesn't happen. Right. 
but they understand that that's like a that's, that's like a ritual with dad yeah. you know and and i have different rituals with them where we sit and we read stories and we snuggle and different things that we do or i sing i've always sung to my kids as well mm-hmm. you know that's something that we've done in the same songs you know there's like three or four songs that i usually none of sing them are called paradise city no none of them are <laughs> nor are they the veggie tales on top of spaghetti Not song exactly a- a, a good lullaby, Paradise City. <laughs> oh, you, you know, you can get lullaby versions of like all these songs. You can. So awesome. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. But but that's it's important to know that that a ritual can be a ritual with one parent or the other. So yep. if you have a parent that travels a lot, and then on the nights, like say Dad travels a lot on the nights, Dad's home, he has something that he does just with the kids on those nights. Mm. I think it's important that that you realize that you can do that. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be the same thing every that night. Both parents have to do all yeah, the time. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could trade off on, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, mommy has bedtime and on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, daddy has bedtime or mm. whatever. You know, I mean, you can, you can trade off or when daddy's in town, he does bedtime and whatever. So. Yeah. Well guys, thanks so much for being on to talk about bedtimes. Thanks Chris. It was good to be with you again, Christopher. If you have a question for us that will fit into 140 characters, you can tweet it to us at tapestryibc. If you require a bit more room than Twitter allows, you can email us at tapestry at irvingbible.org. You can also find us on Facebook at tapestryibc. We get a lot of questions through the Facebook page. You can also subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or on the Google Play Store. Just search for Tapestry Adoption Podcast. If you've enjoyed and gotten value from our podcast, we would appreciate a review in either location. Empowered to Connect is the training and support community of Tapestry, the adoption and foster care ministry of Irving Bible Church in Irving, Texas. You can check the show notes for relevant links from this episode and find more resources on our website, tapestryministry.org. Thanks for listening.